podcast, first point guard and trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every single day. Free on all platforms, coming at you five days a week, every single weekday. So why not start each of those days with Locked On Blazers, your team every day? In today's show, we're going to talk about the Blazers' loss in Dallas. They wrap up a six-game road trip four at 4-2 four and two after losing to the Dallas Mavericks in a game that came down to the final three minutes. I want to talk about that game. I want to hand out some uh, some props to, to Jeremy Grant, who was fantastic. I want to break down the final three minutes of this game because it was um, it gave us a little insight to sort of how good teams are going to play against the Blazers. I think it's worth diving into. And then I want to close the show talking about what we've learned from a 4-2 and two road trip, what we've learned from the Blazers' first 13 games. Um, spoiler, they've been pretty good. There's a lot a lot of things to like, even if Saturday's game in Dallas went the wrong way. So, let's do what we do here. Fastest recap of the West. Blazers lose 117-112 to the Mavericks. Uh, Portland led by 8 after 1, 32-24, thanks to 10 points from Jeremy Grant. He was going to have a monster night, and he got going early. Grant has not starting to make it a habit of being a, a big first quarter score. Blazers lead by eight after one, but the wheels came off in the second quarter. They fell behind from it, from up eight. They were trailed by as many as 16 in the second quarter, but they came all the way back. They were only down two of the break, 59-57, and they played really well in the third quarter. Another 13 points from Jeremy Grant, who also had 10 in the second quarter, 33 through three quarters. The Blazers lead 88 85 after three, another close game. The Blazers were headed for it. They've been really good in the clutch, and they had another opportunity here. The game was, uh, Blazers led by six with about seven minutes left, but the game was tied at four minutes. It was tied again uh, at three and a half minutes. The Blazers briefly took a lead, and then following possession, when Damian Lillard hits a three-pointer on my favorite play of the year, maybe, 106-103, Blazers lead by two minutes and 50 seconds left. And from there, the Dallas Mavericks hit four consecutive three-pointers, their final four three-pointers of the game, and they go on to win 117-112. Luka Doncic led the way for the Mavericks with 42. Spencer Dinwiddie, who hit three threes in the fourth quarter, finished with 20. No, uh, excuse me, Christian Wood 19 before he fouled out Tim Hardaway Jr. 16 off the bench. None of the other um, none of the other Dallas Mavericks starters really got it going other than Dorian Finney-Smith who hit, hit six points and hit a big three when it mattered. On the Blazers' side, really nice game from, from a, tr- a certain trio. Damian Lord, 29 points, seven boards, and a season-high 12 assists. He was great. Dame was great in this one. Uh, Everdy Simon struggled a little bit on defense down the stretch. We'll talk about that in the second segment, but 24 points, seven boards, like this was a good Ant night, and early in the fourth quarter, as the Blazers were kind of building a lead, Ant was quarterbacking that offense, and, and he deserves the credit. And Jeremy Grant was just so, 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 so darn impressive. Uh, 37 points is his high in a Blazer uniform. He added six boards and two assists. He shot 13 of 22 from the floor, 5 of 9 from 3, and hit all six of his free throws. Jeremy Grant shot 59, almost 60% from the field and finished with 37 points. He was darn impressive, but not everyone thinks so. Let's ask Shania Twain. That don't impress me much. Known hater Shania Twain, but what are you going to do about it? I thought Jeremy Grant was fantastic. Um, he has been better than you could, better than you could reasonably ask for. Better than you could reasonably ask for. He was, I think... 
Jeremy Grant was probably overextended as a number one option in Detroit, but he was probably underused as the like fourth option on OKC and the third or fourth option in, Den- on, in on the Denver Nuggets prior to landing in Detroit, where he's like, I want to go spread my wings and be the guy. As a, as, as a Blazers' second best player, which he pretty clearly is, um, he's, he's probably shooting better than, than he ever has. Like he's, he's really like five, another five threes in this game. He's, he's been on, um, a tear. So maybe he comes down a little bit, but he's been really good on defense. He's been really good with individual offense. Like you can throw the ball into him. And I want to talk about that moment. Two minutes or just, just over three minutes left when the play starts. Jeremy Grant at this point has 37 points. He's had 33 through three quarters. He's got another four in the fourth. The Blazers are in a tie ball game with under three minutes left. Jeremy Grant is posting mid-block on the right-hand side, and Damian Lord is two, two, three steps outside the three-point line. He throws it into Jeremy Grant in the post. Let's get Jeremy touch. He's been awesome. They can't handle him. You know who knows they can't handle him? Is the Dallas Mavericks. They're terrified, right? So Reggie Bullock, who's guarding Dame, kind of digs into the post more than he should. Digs into the post more than he should. Takes takes probably a step, maybe a step and a half further than he should have gone. Jeremy Grant just says, fine, kicks it back out of the post to Dame. I pass out of the post, so your hips and shoulders are facing the uh, facing the rim when you catch it. Is basically like you know shooting off an offensive rebound or, or a good kick out. Like it's that is a great way to. That's the best catch and shoot flavor of catch and shoot three you can get. Damon Lord is one of the great shooters in the history of the sport. Cash and the Blazers go up by three with two minutes and fifty seconds left. That kind of started the avalanche for the Mavs, and we'll talk about that in the second segment. We'll do the anatomy of basically two minutes that cost the Blazers the game. But that moment stands out to me for so many reasons. One, fun. Damian Lillard, a 30-foot shot in the fourth quarter. That's fun. Uh, Two, when is the last time that the Blazers have had another player not named Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard Sr., that commands a fourth-quarter double team? Moreover, when's the last time they've had a player not named Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard Sr., who commands a double team that isn't at the three-point line coming off a pick and roll? Throw it into the post and attract multiple defenders because you are terrifying them. They have not been able to guard you all night. 10 in the first quarter, 10 in the second quarter, 13 more when you played all 12 minutes of the third. Like, Jeremy Grant's just lighting their house on fire, right? So they got to bring the fire hose, which in this case was a double team. It wasn't even a hard double team. It was just Reggie Bullock knows in his brain, like, this dude is killing us. He is giving us the business. I don't want to lose this way. Takes a step too far. Pass it back out. Damon Lord working off a double team. Are you freaking kidding me? That's that's the dream, right? That's how good Jeremy Grant has been. That's why he's been so impressive. I do not care what Shania Twain says. Like he he's just that moment really stood out to me as like, okay, this this dude can be the thing that unlocks how special the Blazers can be. Because if he's going to command double teams on the block, like he's not going to score 37 every night. But if he can command double teams on the block because he's hard to deal with, a big rangy wing who can score at all three levels and you know is comfortable shooting from the mid-range, can get to the cup, especially when he's moving to his right hand, and has been really good shooting the ball, like that's scary for defenses. Another another different sized player that's really scary. So you can't guard Dame, or you can guard Dame the same way, but you also have to think about doing that to someone else. Changes the calculation for the Blazers. That little moment's one of my favorite plays. Uh, one of my favorite plays for the Blazers in, in a straight up a long time. Uh, just because it it speaks to what this team can be. But from there, Jeremy Grant passes out to Dame. Dame hits a three and the Blazers take a three-point lead with 2.50 on the clock. The following two minutes, from that point to the 54-second mark of the fourth quarter, the Blazers lose this game. They lost this game because Mavs made threes. But I want to break down those two minutes because to me, they speak to 
what went wrong, how they went wrong, and the decisions the Blazers might have to make in the future. So we'll talk about that in the second segment. But first, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. Listen, these days, every Every opportunity to hire someone can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain excuse me, that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. They make it easy because they got simple tools like screening questions, which focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Let's talk about those two minutes. One of my favorite plays of the last five years, like a little, just a, a meaning, a mostly meaningless three pointer on a Saturday night in November. And I was sitting in my living room, like that's a big moment circling it in my notebook, et cetera. Cause we're going to talk about that on the show. Blazers take a three point lead. And from there, things kind of unraveled, uh, at that exact moment, the Dallas Mavericks were 10 of 39 from deep. That's not good. <laughs> they were shooting terribly. They made their final four threes. They made their final four threes. The league, basketball is, and I think it's hard for fans, sometimes hard for media folks, it's hard for everyone involved in the game to be like, this was bad luck, or this was good luck, or like luck's involved. Some of this with the Mavs, it's just good luck. They made shots, like even on wide open threes, are you going to shoot, are you going to make all four? No, and and only three of the four were were wide open. One of them was contested with a dude who was just on a heater. But how they happened, I think, speaks to kind of what went wrong for the Blazers and also decisions they might have to make in the future. So I want to talk about that. The Blazers come down after Jeremy Grant hits that three, and they show zone. Uh, they play zone about as much as anyone in the league. Something, uh, if you listen to this podcast, we thought they would do, I thought they would do, and if you listened and occasionally agree with me, you thought too, that uh, they would do a bunch of. We knew, we knew they were going to be a zone-heavy team. They played a bunch of zone in summer league. Uh, so you knew they were going to be a zone-heavy team when the games count. But... Uh, at this point, Luka Doncic is, is flamethrowing. Like, he's he's been awesome. Uh, him and Dame basically had a contest to see who could draw the most annoying fouls, and Luka won. He took 18 free throws. Damian Lord took 17. If you're a Blazer fan, you're probably like, I can't stand Luka Doncic. He's just so whiny and so blah, 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 and he's flopping and drawing cheap fouls. <laughs> if you're a Mavs fan, you're saying the same thing about Damian Lord. I know you are. If you're a Mavs fan, you're also not listening to me. You're listening to Locked on Mavs. Uh <laughs> which is a great program, and you got, you all should check out because they do as good a job as you could possibly do on a Locked On show. They're the best of the best over there at Locked On Maps. But this moment, uh, Blazers by three, under three minutes, clock's running, Luka comes across the timeline, Blazers show zone. Show zone because they're good at it, they go to it a bunch. Uh, it's 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 their, it's their kind of their pet defense and it's something they've been really good at. Avery Simons knows that Luka Doncic has been incredible. He's pulled a little bit too far in. He's like at the he's at the elbow, like the he's at the foul line, corner of the foul line. He needs to be further out on the wing and further up. Spencer Dinwiddie is posted on the left side, wide open. Uh, he's just unguarded. 
Uh, Josh Hart has responsibilities in the corner. I believe that's Anthony Simons' man, the way I understand zone responsibilities. It might be Josh Hart's responsibility to come up and split those two guys. Um, so he's covering t- two, but typically the way zone defenses work in the league is you got you cannot have more than one guy on the ball. You need to match up. The Blazers basically had three guys on the ball, the way that Drew Eubanks was also standing there at the nail. They were too crowded around Luka because Luka's been incredible and Luka's an engine. He finds Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie hits a three-tie ball game. Too early in the shot clock, too easy. But whatever. Like, you know, that you're not going to lose the game because it's tied now with, with, with just under two and a half minutes left or right at two and a half minutes left. Blazers come down. Uh, Anthony Simons tries to get loose on Tim Hardaway Jr. He can't. Tim Hardaway bodies him up. He's really physical with him. Ant tries to drive to his left. Um, he's trying to flip a pass over, like skip it across the wing. Drew Eubanks falls down. The ball gets tipped. Uh, if Drew Eubanks doesn't fall down, there's a chance he grabs that ball, but you never know. It's unlucky, right? Spencer Dinwiddie grabs the ball. They find Luca, and then Luca has been doing this since about the four-minute mark, but now we're right around the two-minute mark, and Luca says, bring me Anthony Simons. Tim Hardaway Jr. comes up from the corner, sets a screen there. He is, Luca is as good in the league at figuring out, you know, scanning, figuring out who's my mismatch and say, come here. Luca is stubborn. He, he plays really slow and he's gigantic. This is what he does better than anyone else in the NBA is matchup hunt. And, the, and he has this insane, like historic level usage rate. They let him do it. So Luca does what he does, right? Um, he takes Ant. On the left-hand side, he gets the switch. The Blazers soft switch it. They're guarding Jeremy Grant, but as soon as the screen comes, they soft switch it. That's their principles. We'll talk about that more in a moment. He takes Ant down in the post. He bullies him, starts to shove him in the locker like a bully. Uh, Blazers have to help because Luke is now at like eight feet, and he's discarded Ant with his shoulder. They have to help. As soon as they help, Lucas skips over to Reggie Bullock. Defense is now in scramble mode because if you send two to the ball and, and there's a skip pass, you're going to scramble. Passes on time on target. Blazers scramble to Bullock. He kicks over to Spencer Dinwiddie. Cash, two in a row. Mavs by three. Again, this is... this is You're not going to lose because you gave up a, a, a second open three-pointer. The first one, much worse than the second one. The Blazers come down. They don't set a screen for Damian Lord. While the Mavs are kind of like setting screens and picking the matchup they want. The Blazers are intentionally not setting screens so they don't have uh, Dame get double teamed. They don't want him to deal with the double teams. They just think he can beat Reggie Bullock on his own. He does, gets to the rim, finishes with the right on the left-hand side. You've seen Damian Lillard do that a bunch. It's a one-point game. It's 109-108. You know what's going to happen. Luka gets the ball. He finds immediately, gets a screen from Tim Hardaway Jr. and immediately draws a switch from Ant. He's been doing it now. We're, we're closing in on two and a half consecutive minutes of of, of Luka hunting Anthony Simons on defense. Absolutely hunting him down. Um, it is what it is. Like, that's that's what good matchup hunters do. Dame does it all the time. Luka's doing it too. Like, he's, he's hunting him down. This time he's on the right hand side. They clear out the um, they clear they clear out the whole the whole that whole side of the court. They have four guys on the or excuse me yeah four three guys on the left hand side and one at the top of the key. But the whole right side of the court is wide open for Luca, so he can go to work. He's got Anthony Simons in like the mid post at about the foul line extended. Josh Hart has seen this movie before. He digs in a half step. He's at the nail, helping to the nail. He digs in a half step off the nail. Luca says one pass, passes it to uh, Dor- Dorian Finney-Smith at the top of the key. Defense is in like a half rotation. They're not really scrambling in rotation, but they were all loading up to stop Luka. The Blazers are uh, like, they rotate pretty aggressively. He's in isolation against a matchup you want. You need to help there. You need to show help. You need to show bodies at the rim. This is what you do. This is defensive principles. The Blazers are playing to their principles. Pass the ball to Dorian Finney-Smith. 
he passes the ball to Tim Hardaway Jr. And he passes the ball to uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Damian Lord closes out. It's a pretty good closeout. Decent contest. It's open by NBA standards, but certainly not wide open. Spencer Dinwiddie uh, hits his third straight three. I don't know if making the first two threes makes you more likely to make the third. Uh, like, I kind of believe in getting hot. I believe in the hot hand. I'm not one of those nerds who doesn't. But, like, I know what I what I absolutely think. I, mean, I know it makes you more likely to shoot a third after you've taken the third three. Uh, that's the type of nerd I am. Uh, again, this is Luka Doncic getting a switch. When the switch comes, the help has to come. When the help comes, the ball gets out, and they swing the ball, and Spencer did when he hits a tough shot. Makeable shot, to be sure, but a difficult one. Spencer Dinwiddie shooting north of 40% from three this year. He's been really killing it. This is another catch-and-shoot three off a guy who's made two wide-open ones. This one is somewhat contested. That's three straight threes, and the Blazers find themselves down four. Down four, Dame kind of just, he, he, he forced it. Uh, we've seen him. Damian Lord does this. He's stubborn. He, he forced it. Tries to get tries to get past Bullock on the right hand side. Bullock, excuse me, on the right hand side misses a layup. Blazers can't get the rebound. It goes back to the Mavs. Blazers need one stop to give themselves a chance with just over a minute remaining. You know what's coming. You know you know what's coming. It's just it's just it's just obvious. Again, <laughs> Luka Doncic. Draws the screen from Ant, Dr- brings up Ant up to the dance. They immediately switch it, soft switch it. But this time, a little bit different. This is I I, I feel like this is this is important. They la- they late trap. So instead of just on the screen, they straight up trap it right away. And like as soon as the screen comes, they just send two to the ball and they, they get it out of Luca's hands. Right, like fire, you know, whatever firehouse, whatever. Is that the word I'm looking for? I don't know what I'm, what the word I'm looking for. They don't send that immediate trap. Instead, they show they they let the switch happen. Jeremy Grant kind of half drifts away, and then he comes back, and they're going to late trap on, um, you know, switch and then late trap. Uh, I, I've seen a bunch of teams do this on Luka. This might be the right way to guard it. I wish the Blazers had done this sooner. This might be the right way to guard it. But Luka Doncic, willing passer, skips a pass to Reggie Bullock. Uh, Damian Lord's on the far side when the skip comes. He is choose, He is splitting the difference, as they say. He's one guy to guard two. If you double the ball... Somebody's open. Dame Dame has responsibilities of guarding two guys. Reggie Bullock catches it on the at the wing in the slot on the right hand side. He fakes a pass to the corner. In the corner is Spencer Dinwiddie. He has made three consecutive three pointers. He's the hottest dude in the building. So when the ball fake comes, Damian Lillard jumps with the ball fake. Jumps with the ball fake. He it's honestly maybe the right thing to do, right? Like he jumps with the ball fake. Because he jumps with the ball fake, Drew Eubanks has to pull over. Reggie Bullock makes one. Reggie Bullock makes one pass. Dorian Finney-Smith wide open the top of the key. Cash Blazers down seven. That's two minutes. That's how it went wrong. A turnover, a missed layup from Dame, a made layup from Dame, and four threes is how you go from. It's how you go from tied to down seven. Uh, it's well, I guess up three to down seven, but like it's. I don't think this was anything other than bad luck, but it makes me, it, it strikes me as a couple things. And I, what I wanted to walk you through it is because the Blazers guarded these things different ways. The first one was a zone. They busted the zone. It was no good. The second one was a soft switch uh, where they showed help. They showed help once, uh, basically didn't show help. And then Luca got all the way to the paint and they had to show help. The next one, Soft switch, Luka gets help early. They show help early and Luka makes the pass. And the last one, a, a, just a late trap and they really showed two to the ball because Luka's scoring 40-some points on him. And the ball moves around and they find open threes. It's basically four different ways to guard the uh, uh, the same action. 
It's three different ways to guard the action. The first one was his own defense they just busted. It's three different ways to guard the same action. Luka Doncic getting a switch with a defender that he has a big advantage over. Luka's a tank. Like, he's gigantic. And this, his strength advantage over Anthony Simons is real. He's taller than him. He can shoot over the top. And Luka is totally comfortable. He never re- His engine never revs faster than five miles per hour. He's going to beat you up at three and a half miles an hour. And he was going to do that. And the Blazers, you know, either reacted late and allowed for a skip that that ended up in a wide-open Dinwiddie 3 or reacted um, a little bit earlier and led to got into rotations or straight-up sent a double team and you get in rotations again. It's it's three different ways to guard the same play that had bad outcomes. I, I think this is okay process. Uh, I think the late trap is the way to handle Luka. I think. I think that's the way to do it as opposed to the the trap right away. You could argue that a trap right away is the best way to handle it, but I think the, the show the switch and then bring the heat later at least... Um, you know, it gives them another two seconds, works a little later in the clock and all of those things. This was, like, I I think the Blazers lose this game because of bad luck. Uh, the Mavs didn't shoot very well, and then they made shots when they mattered. I also think this was a moment where the Blazers' weaknesses of having Amphrey Simons on the court, who's a bad defender, and one of the best mismatch hunters that maybe the sport has ever seen, certainly in this, like, spread pick and roll era, one of the best mismatch hunters we've ever seen, uh, hunts a mismatch, and makes the Blazers pay for it. But it brought up a question for me. Would every time have been on the floor if the Blazers were fully healthy? Let's talk about that to close the show. I think that's. I think it's a question worth pondering, and we'll, we will ponder exactly that in the third segment. But first, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Bet Online. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, whatever that action might be, you're going to find it on Bet Online. You can bet on all the Blazers games moving forward. You can bet on the NHL's regular season. You still got soccer all over the globe. You're going to have uh, the World Cup coming up here shortly. You're going to get your combat sports, whatever it is. Bet Online's got your news, got your analysis, make you a smarter, more informed, better. So why don't you check it out today? That's betonline.net. Bet Online, where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. I don't think Avery Simons played poorly in this game. I don't want to, I don't want to paint it as that. But I think Avery Simons' weaknesses were highlighted in this game. Highlighted against a one of the best at doing that, right? Like Luca is unique. But as expectations change for the Blazers, the analysis on sort of what their weaknesses are needs to shift its lens a little bit. You need to refocus, right? Before it's like, can the Blazers be competent and win some games? They've looked really good, really good. They're nine and four, the four and two road trip. Like, let's get that out of the way. Awesome road trip. This was the sixth game in nine days, third game in four nights, sixth different city on the trip. Uh, they go four and two on the road. They lost one game where they got punked when they weren't they, they were not whole. They won some games when they didn't have all of their players. They come back in this one and were right in it in the final two and a half minutes and lost because the team got hot from three. Great road trip, great start to the season. Like I do not feel I do not, I really don't have many negative feelings about this team. I did not come, come away from this uh, this Nuggets game, this Mavs game, uh, like feeling like, oh no, the poor Blazers. Like that is not at all how I feel. But I do think that this, it's worth considering that if you fancy Portland a playoff team, which I think you should now, you know, it's like, yeah, this team is, looks like playoff caliber and certainly is going to be in the mix. Um, then how they handle 
their weakest defensive links against the best players in the league and the best teams in the league will be important for how you analyze and think about them going forward. It made me, for the first time all season, think, would Amphrey Simons have been in the game in the final two minutes if the Blazers had been whole? Uh, Yusuf Nurkic did not play in this game. He missed an, uh, his fourth consecutive game with a groin strain. Abductor strain is what they're calling it, but that's your groin. Um, uh, I have not heard an update on Nurk. Hopefully, the Blazers play again on Tuesday. You're listening to Monday, November 14th show. It's going to publish on Sunday, so maybe you're listening to it a little early. But this is Monday show. Uh, we'll see if we get an update when the Blazers are back. They didn't practice today, but they'll, they'll have some availability on Nurk's, Nurk's potential return. They need him. If they'd had him in this game, they would have been better off because I thought their bench got beat up a little bit in this one. Uh, and Drew Eubanks, while he didn't have a particularly good stat line, was effective in his minutes. Like, he was good. And if you move him to the bench and you move Nurk in the starting lineup... You kind of probably negate some of what Christian Wood did against that second unit. You just have more size, more times. Like Blazers small ball just didn't didn't work in this particular matchup. Um, it is what it is. They weren't whole. Not only did Nurk miss this game, uh, Justice Winslow missed this game with a non-COVID illness. And I think this is the question I have. Would Chauncey Billups have gone to Justice Winslow in the final two minutes if the game had played out very similarly? If... You know, they screw up the zone, but you hunt you hunt uh, Ant in a pick and roll and immediately get an open three out of it. You hunt him a second time in a pick and roll, you immediately get a three out of it. Would Chauncey Bill said, I'm taking my time out. I'm putting a better defender in there. We're still going to do the same thing. We're just going to give the ball to Dame to let him, let him go. Maybe run a two-man game with him and Jeremy, but like we don't. We'll sacrifice the offense to have the better defender on the court. Luka Doncic is a tank. The closest thing the Blazers have to a tank on their team is Justice Winslow. He is pretty much what I would design if I had to guard uh, Luka Doncic. He's really strong. He's got long arms, and he's faster than Luka. Like he's quicker, um, and he'll and he's really competitive. Like he'll 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 get after it. Like he'll be okay saying we're not going to help you go out there and maybe Luka scores thirty eight on you, but make it a tough thirty eight. Like make it a slightly more inefficient thirty eight. Um, Lucas shot 18 free throws. It would have been really frustrating for poor Justice Winslow. But would Justice Winslow have played in the final two minutes if he was available? No. <laughs> like, I'll answer my own question. No, I don't think he would have. Um, but I would have liked to see Chauncey Billups be faced with that question. The other options on the Blazers bench that were available were not particularly good. Like, not, Nazir Little is not the not that answer. Like, you want him to be eventually, but right now he's not the guy that's like, what if we stick Nas on there? Um, I don't think he's the answer. I don't think he's enough of an upgrade defensively. Like, he's pretty good on defense, but like, not enough of an individual upgrade on defense. Like, hey, can you go guard this guy? Like, you could ask um, Justice to do where it would be worth the sacrifice that you make getting Ant's offense on the floor. Ant was very good on offense in this game, except for a late turnover. Um, like, so... I wonder if, like, part of me wonder. That's like a big thing I'm considering. Would I would have? I don't think he would have, but I would like to see Chauncey Billups faced with an honest decision on whether to take Ant off the floor. Because when you get into these higher leverage games, as the Blazers move forward, you know, 13 games in, obviously a long way to go. But like, as you get into higher leverage games in the future, I think many of you fans have asked me questions like this: Is there a scenario where Anthony Simons doesn't close games? I don't really think there is, but I would like to see that play out in a playoff-type atmosphere like it was. Like, I don't know if playoff-type atmosphere is what it was Saturday in, in November in, in Dallas, but like two teams, relatively equal, pretty competitive basketball game that came that right down to it. I, I would have liked to see those type of um, decisions. I would like to see those type of decisions play out. 
The other reason, like, I'm not worried about this game is, like, Josh Hart just played bad. <laughs> he played poorly. He was 0 for 9. Uh, he missed four free throws. Like, he, he just left a lot of points out there. He stepped on the on the sideline with three minutes left, and it, what turned out to be not a particularly important turnover, but it's still a every in a tie ball game, all of those turnovers are crucial. Like that, that matters. You get a little bit, you get like a normal production. The Josh Hart's not a big scoring guy, but you get like not 0 for 9 night from Josh. You're going to be in a lot better shape. You don't get that turnover in the last three minutes. You're going to be in a lot better shape. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie only makes two of three threes down the stretch. You're going to be right in the game. Like instead of down four, if he misses that other one, because after after he made two, the Blazers were still only down one after a Dame layup. Like he had to make a third one to make it a four-point game. If he makes only two out of three in any combination, you get the ball back down one with Damian Lord and Jeremy Grant. Like I'm, I'm, I'll take my chances and Amphrey Simons on the court. Like I'll take my chances with it. I don't. I didn't come away from this game feeling too bad. Uh, the Blazers have, been, have benefited probably from good luck in late game situations, and they've also been good enough to be in close games against good teams. They were good enough to be in a close game against a good team in Dallas. Mavs have been really, really bad on the road and really good in in um, whatever that arena is called now. I can't remember arena. The FTX scandal in Miami is maybe it's like I just don't know arena names, but like um, I, I assume it's named after a large airline, like. Uh, to be in that game the way they were with three minutes left, hard to hard to nitpick. Um, I'm curious about some strategy stuff. I'm curious about whether what Chauncey would have done, but I come away from this game feeling fine. They're nine and four. <laughs> They're four and two on the road. Four and two on this on this road trip. Six and two on the road overall. They've just been so darn good. Um, the defense looks good. The offense is going to get there at some point. I really do believe it. Uh, if they get Nurk back in the lineup sometime soon, they'll be better for it. They've gotten contributions from the young guys. Jabari Walker looks competent and capable of helping when called upon. Shaden Sharp continues to have flashes where he's special. Nazir Little has come out of a early season funk to be a totally functional and even sometimes very good bench player. It's a good basketball team. And because they're a good basketball team, I think the nitpicking about how they play against other basketball teams is more relevant. It's silly to do it when you're not a good basketball team. It's totally reasonable to say, how do you guard Luka Doncic in a game that is tied with three minutes left? Because you're hoping, and you and at this point believing, that the Blazers are going to find themselves in a game in April, tied with the Mavericks with three minutes left. And how you guard Luka and how what your process is, do you, do you trap right away? Do you show late help? Do you just let somebody go on an island? Do you soft switch and let him continually get the matchup he wants? Or do you fight to not switch those matchups, which you would kind of like to see them do sometimes, but wasn't their principles in this particular game? Like, those questions matter, and they'll matter going forward. And the part I love about basketball is not, like, um, thinking about how the Blazers can trade for Kevin Durant. It's thinking about how this particular group fits when faced with tough questions. Like, so how do they guard Luka? Sometimes there's no answer. It's really hard to guard him <laughs> the same way it's really hard to guard Damian Lillard. But how the Blazers do that, how they treat the apex wings, the best players in this league, matters more because this team's good and we they deserve to be criticized as such. I, like they deserve, like we deserve to look at them closer under the microscope because you expect them to be good now. And they've earned that respect. They've earned that right to be um for us to consider what they might be. They play the uh they play another team with a pretty good wing. His name's Kevin Durant. Uh, I, Jeremy Grant's going to probably almost certainly get that assignment, but how they handle KD um, with a with a, a Brooklyn Nets team that finally learned how to make three-pointers in their, their most recent win against the uh, Clippers on Saturday, like 
I'm fascinated by it. I love this stuff. I love basketball. I hope I hope my sort of deep dive into the final three minutes helped you understand kind of how the Blazers are doing stuff. It's what brings me joy about the sport. I, I really love the big questions and how you answer the big questions with little moments and little tweaks. It's what it's what makes me excited about it. It's what I love doing this podcast every single day. Free on all platforms, five days a week. Make it your first listen every single weekday. And then make your second listen, Locked On Sports Today. 22-minute program covering all of the biggest stories across all the major networks. And get caught up on everything you need to know across all the sports really quickly. That one's on free on all platforms and YouTube as well. Come back uh, to listen to Tuesday's show. We've got more shows coming this week. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.